Welcome to the C3SYD podcast. Our heart for you is that you would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. To find out more about our church, head to our website at c3syd.church. We hope that this message encourages you today. We're going to get in the Word this morning. If you have a Bible, let's turn together, please, to the book of Ephesians. Genesis, brother keyboard, you can go uh, just for a minute and then, then come back. Uh, if you, it, or you can stay, just don't play. Um, <laughs> Ephesians chapter C3. I mean, Pastor Phil's watching, by the way. Hi, Pastor Phil. Uh, good morning. It's 1.43 in Spain. And uh, so he's watching this message because he needed something to help him get to sleep. So... Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Ephesians 5 and verse 14, it says, Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many know we're living in some pretty wild days right now? And then, and then Paul writes, he goes on, he says, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine. He's not saying don't be drunk. He's just clarifying uh, how, how, how it's, yeah. So <laughs> he says, in which is dissipation, he says, but be filled. Somebody say, be filled. He says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart of the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to speak this morning really uh, on, that, on that particular phrase he says. He says, be filled with the Spirit. And, and, and we, we, we often hear that said that you, you, you get saved, you get filled with the Spirit. But it's important to understand in this passage who the Apostle Paul is talking to. He's not talking to our like Lutheran friends or our uniting friends or our Baptist friends who have never really stepped into the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and received a heavenly language. He's actually preaching to people like you and I because he's writing to the church at Ephesus. So if you think back to how the church at Ephesus started in Acts 19, it says, uh, Paul came to Ephesus, found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Well, basically, Paul gets to this meeting, he finds disciples and he could just pick up that something, it's just something not quite there. And so he just asked the question, have you guys been filled with the Holy Spirit yet? And they basically said, we didn't know we could. And it's amazing to me that all over Sydney today, all over Australia, people are going to gather in church and not know that they can experience the power of God for themselves. There is an anointing for every person. And so Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus and he says, be filled with the Spirit. But these people had already been filled with the Spirit. He's writing to a church like us this morning and he's saying, be filled with the Spirit because he knows we leak. I don't know about you, I get in traffic, I leak. You get in an airport, you leak. You fly a jet start, you backslidden. It's gone. It's out. You're done. It's true. Write that down, please. This is true. But, but Paul, Paul writes and he says, be filled with the Spirit because he knows that 
Without the anointing of God, we cannot do what God's called us to do. Without the Spirit of God in our life, how do we, how do, we do this thing called Christianity or walking with God? I, I was preaching this passage in our church. This is a few years ago now on Pentecost Sunday, which is most weeks at our church, and he, and except Easter. So he, this guy walks in my office, his name's Dan. He walks in my office and he's kind of got a grin on his face and, and he, he's got a present for me. And it was a little book called Pentecost and, and it was $2, he got it at a garage sale. So he gives me this book and he's just pumped because he found it at the garage sale. So I open the book and on the inside it says, Dear Maud, from Mavis, nothing else, not like hope you're having a good day, just dear Maud from Mavis, February the 14th, 1939. Obviously Maud wasn't filled with the spirit and Mavis wanted to see her, so she gave her a book. You know, when anyone in my church gives me a book, I know they're trying to correct me about something. I just felt to give you this brother, it's on character or something, I don't want to read that. And so I start flicking through the book and the book's written by a guy called Donald G, who is like a a great forefather Pentecostal theologian who who really took a lot of the preaching of Wigglesworth and put it into into textbooks. And and so I started flicking through this book and it talks about this very scripture that I'm reading. And this is what he says in the book. He says, being filled with the Spirit is a recognisable condition. He says, you cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know you've been filled with the Spirit. And he says, you cannot be filled with the Spirit and other people not know that you've been filled with the Spirit. I mean, if I walked out onto the Wakehurst Parkway right now and stood in front of a Mack truck and that truck ran me over, how many know that when you get up, you know you've been hit by, if you get up, uh, you know you've been hit by a Mack truck. I mean, if you get up, you go home, my wife would say, you, you, there's something different about you, Dave, what happened? I, I was on Wakehurst Parkway, I got hit by a Mack truck. I'm never gonna be the same. When you get hit by a Mack truck, you walk different. <laughs> you talk different. When you, can I say, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you know that, come on, is anyone alive in the house this morning? You, you know, you know. Uh, we, we talk about an encounter with God. It's all very delicate now. But in the Old Testament, an encounter with God was not delicate at all. Well, Isaiah, he wanted an encounter with God. So an angel flies in with a coal from the altar of heaven. It's so hot that he wouldn't even touch it. He's using tongs. Sticks it in Isaiah's mouth, giving him a speech impediment for the rest of his life. His name went from Isaiah to Isaiah. <laughs> and then you've got, then what about Jacob? He wanted an encounter with God. Oh, I will not let you go, Lord. I will not let you go. What is it? It breaks his hip. Like it's a lot more sanitised in 2022. I mean, you come to the altar, God will touch you. In the Old Testament, you've got a broken hip, you've got a burnt mouth. What about the Apostle Paul? His encounter, his name wasn't even Paul, it was Saul. He gets so touched by the power of God, the S falls off his name, and a P gets, you know you've had an encounter with God, how was church, Steve, is now peeve, I mean, my life. And then he goes blind. We pray for people for healing from blindness. <laughs> Not Paul, he went, can you imagine the three of them in heaven? Jacob walks over, he's... <laughs> He's like, Isaiah, tell me about the time that you had an encounter with God. It was absolutely fabulous. <laughs> and, like, and Paul, what, what about you, Paul? My life's never been the same. We're over here. My life has never been the same. <laughs> when you have an 
encounter with God. You know, you know, we don't, we don't want to have just some delicate little, little kind of little goosebump. We need an encounter with God that defines us, that sets us up to do something for the kingdom of God. Why don't you, if you believe it, clap your hands on a Sunday morning. So being filled with the Spirit, it's recognisable. So if it's recognisable, what are some of the indicators? If you filled up your car with fuel this morning, firstly, it costs you three and a half thousand dollars. I've been using jet fuel in my car lately, it's cheaper. <laughs> you fill up your car with fuel. If you didn't have a gauge on, gauge on your car, how would you know your car's full? Well, the petrol comes back and it clicks, that nozzle clicks, you know it's, you know it's full. In other words, the overflow, the nozzle knows it's overflowing, I I know when you're filled with the Spirit, there's, there's an overflow. And when they were setting up some admin for the early church, how are we going to make this work in Acts chapter 6? They said, look for men of good report, and then what did it say? Who were full of the Holy Spirit. So what was the indicator? What was the indicator that they had been filled with the Spirit? Well, they'd received their prayer language. They'd prayed in tongues. They, that anointing came on them. It was a... It was, it, was a, it was a manifestation of the power of God that was an evidence, for lack of better words, that the Spirit of God had come upon their life. And that, that even today is an, an evidence that we have been filled. But Paul's not talking about, have you been filled? He's actually saying, are you filled right now? How's the water level right now? Hey, where, where are we at right now? Because we leak, and Paul writes, he says, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be perpetually being filled with the Spirit of God. And I want to look at some of the indicators that you've been filled with the Spirit. I think I really would just look at one this morning because the other three are underprepared. <laughs> now, I want to pray for people and I'm believing God's going to do something. For, but it's, it's, it, one, one, of the, one of the key indicators that you've been filled with the Spirit is you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about that for a minute. And before I do, I want to just echo what Pastor Alex is saying. There's, there's two baptisms that every believer needs to have. You need to, we need to be baptised in water. When you get baptised in water, there's, there's something that changes. And we get baptised in the Holy Spirit. And we hear this word, Jesus says you'll be baptised in the Holy Spirit not many days hence, he says. And, and so Jesus talked about it. One of the key job descriptions of Jesus, John the Baptist announced it. He said, there's one coming. He'll baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And so really the, the, the introduction that John, John could have said anything about Jesus, but he says he's going to come, he's going to baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Sets up and explains that that's a key part of the heavenly ministry, the eternal ministry of Jesus. So he preaches that and he, he, he tells people that. And, and so, but, but when Jesus uses the word baptism, he didn't make up a word that day. So he didn't just get up and go, you're going to be baptised. He didn't just roll out a new word. He borrowed a word that already existed but was used in a different context. See, in Aramaic, they would say, uh, for, let, me, let me say it this way. In English, we could say one thing 10 different ways. Like, how you going? Good. How you going? All right. How you going? Okay. How you going? Not bad. I've just told you the exact same emotion four different ways. And I didn't even have to write those down. I made them up. As, how you doing? <laughs> All right. But when in, in Aramaic, they didn't have four ways or ten ways to say one thing. They had one, thing, one way to say ten things. So when Jesus says, you'll be baptised, he wasn't, he wasn't 
making up a new word. He was borrowing a word that was already used. For example, if a ship was to perish at sea, we would, they wouldn't have said in those days, the boat sank. They would say the boat had been baptised because the boat was in the water, but now the water's in the boat. And so baptism in the Spirit, you come in here, you're in the presence of God. But the whole idea of you getting filled with the Spirit is so when you leave, you don't leave going, man, I enjoyed being in the presence of God. You leave and that presence of God's in you. That's what the baptism in the Spirit is. It's saying, God, I I, want to step into your your anointing, but I want your anointing on the inside of me. Is anyone glad God's filled them with the Holy Spirit? And, And so that's what baptism does. And so if you go to the original language, and I'm not a Greek scholar, I, I, in fact, these are the only two Greek words I know. There's two words for baptism. There's bapto. Somebody say bapto. And there's baptizo. And, and so there, there's those two words. And they get used interchangeably. And we kind of use both words. And, and, and so we should. We, I don't think we need to think too deeply about the slight difference of the word. But a few years ago, I came across a poem uh, written by a guy in ancient Greek, 200 years after, uh, uh, in 200 AD. And he writes this poem about, and some of you are gonna go, what are you, what, what are you talking about? Just stay with me, this will, I'll bring it back. But he writes a poem on the process of making pickles. <laughs> on the process of making pickles. Like in the early service, everyone was like, I felt confusion, but it will go, I'll explain. So he writes a poem about the process of making pickles. Before I explain the poem, I need to say this. Uh, I just thought pickles were a thing like anything else, like bananas. You grow bananas, you grow pickles. You don't. Pickles are not, they didn't like exist. They're, they're unbiblical. You don't read in the account of Genesis and God said, let there be pickles, and there they were. And then he had a rest, because that was a big one. Uh, <laughs> There's no biblical record. Pickles don't exist. They're not, they're, not a, they're not a real thing. They were cucumbers. Did you know? Who knew that? You can't go to Bunnings right now and get pickle seeds. They don't exist. There's no such a thing as pickles. So, the two of you taking notes look exhausted. Just put them down and, and relax. We're, we're going to get... <laughs> pickles are not a thing. Pickles were cucumbers. So, this guy writes a poem on the process of making pickles in ancient Greek using these two words. So... I am going somewhere with this. He uses the word bapto and baptizo to explain the process of making pickles. He says you get the pickle and you dip it in burning hot water. We would say blanching. And it softens the skin. He calls that bapto. In, out. So it softens the skin ready for baptizo, which is... All the cucumbers are in the jar. So so you dip the cucumber, then put it in the the jar full of other cucumbers, filled with vinegar, seal the lid. And he says, that's baptizo. So in other words, you you, you dipped, but you don't come straight out. You just stay stay in the vinegar. And and, and the best English translation for this poem is saturation until the vinegar breaks through the skin and softens the skin and then changes the, is it the chemical structure? I think it is now, uh, the, the chemical structure, it changes the, the, the cucumber from the inside out, pickling that cucumber, and that cucumber becomes a pickle. And it is scientifically impossible to change a pickle back to a cucumber. Now, I want to say to you on a Sunday morning, I don't want to be a crusty old cucumber running around. Pickle me Jesus, right? Some of us be 
jar and let the Holy Ghost get up. I'm an old school Pentecostal. I, I believe in the power of the Spirit of God. One touch of the power of God will change you from the inside. You, can, once, you might have been religious. You might have been like a bit stiff in your walk with God. Then you have that encounter with God. You can never go back. I don't want to. I don't want to be a cucumber. I want to be pickled. I mean, if, 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 if my, my father he uses words like, you know, he'll never use a normal English word. He'll have to just use his own word to describe a situation. If we were ever at a wedding and someone was under the influence, they, they were inebriated, he'd say that person's pickled. <laughs> And so Paul's essentially writing here, he says, don't be pickled with wine. He says, but be, be pickled with the Holy Ghost. If you read, if you, <laughs> some of you just starting to wake up this morning. I know it's wet, I know. But, but, then, but, then, but then in Acts chapter two, the Bible says, Peter stands up, the Holy Spirit had fallen in the upper room. He says, these are not drunk as you suppose. He says, they're not pickled like you think they're pickled. He says, they've, they've been in the jar. For 10 days, they've been in a jar. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. <laughs> and they start speaking in tongues. They stagger into Jerusalem. You know, it's interesting. You know, in the natural, you can be under the influence. And I, I often, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I think Paul draws a comparison because they're actually quite similar. And so I, I didn't really know uh, what happens under the influence So uh, because I've been raised very spiritually. So I asked Dan Carox and he gave me... <laughs> He did. He got, thank you, Dan, for that list. I actually felt like I was a little too exhaustive. <laughs> so these are some of the things that drunk people do. They, number one, write this down, they become unusually affectionate. You go to a wedding and say, I've always loved you. We've never met. But when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you love people. Yeah. Another, thing, <laughs> another thing that drunk people do, they dance aggressively with no regard for anyone else's personal space. <laughs> Have you ever been in a service, a power of God comes on your right leg and your left leg, they're in total disagreement. <laughs> Another thing that drunk people do is they convince themselves that karaoke is a good idea. <laughs> when you're full of the spirit, you've got a song in your heart. Another, another thing that drunk people do is they have a nice lie down in public places. you get touched by, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you might just have a good lie down in church. Some people say, is it biblical? Well, in the first service, Pastor Kaylee did the offering and I believe she quoted Psalm 23 where it says, he makes me lie down. Sounds biblical to me. <laughs> but when you're filled with the Spirit of God, I don't, I don't want to be religious. There's nothing worse than, I think the worst thing in the world in church life is a grumpy Pentecostal. Even their tongues are grumpy. <laughs> sound like an old grumpy old dog. You know, we, we need to have some joy in our spirit. And, and that comes when we're in the presence of God, the presence of God. You know, Pastor Phil Pringle is, he's like 70, but it's, it's like he's 25. He just, why? He just, he just lives in that jar. He just stays in the jar and comes out on Sundays. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's in our church one time and he goes, I just felt the Holy Ghost come over my right shoulder. Did you feel that? I'm like, I think so. Ah, yep. <laughs> I mean, he just gets a word of knowledge, calls somebody out and just end up having a baby. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's some processes in between that and that, just to clarify. 
But I, when you're full of the Spirit of God, there's a freshness in your life. And, and I don't believe God's called us to just come to church. I believe God's called us, especially in this day, in this hour, to be anointed by the Spirit of God. And I, I want to spend more time praying than I do preaching because I believe God wants to touch people this morning. But if you place a demand on the presence of God, God will, God will touch you. God will fill you. God will bless you. I was preaching in a church. Maybe if Brother Keyboard can come. I was preaching at a church in Boise, Idaho. This was for Mark Francie years ago. And, and uh, he, this, was, this was like a youth conference. Well, the first thing is, he didn't know I was coming. He forgot. So I turned up at the airport and I said, I'm here. And he panicked. About 90 minutes later, he picked me up from the airport acting like he had known the whole time. So I was, but, but I preached that they, in this uh, in this church, there's a big university right near the church. And so a lot of the football players for the Boise State Broncos come to the church. And so this guy, uh, he, he, comes, he comes to the service and he's sort of sitting, he's sitting at the back and he loves the church, but he's been raised at a lot of how we roll. That's all mind over matter. That's all a bit, you know, it's a bit super spiro. It's a bit, we don't roll like that. He's more conservative. So I remember preaching that night. I don't remember it happening at all. I didn't know it was happening, but I, was, I remember what I was preaching on. I was preaching on Naaman. And I was really giving a similar idea that, you know, sometimes we dip once and we go, well, it didn't do much. So seven, you get some, some of these things become habits. And when you dip seven times, you give room for God to do something. It's like tithing. You tithe once and go, where's the breakthrough? It's when you make it a, 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 a whatever, a, a thing. <laughs> So this guy, who I didn't know, he was the number one receiver for the Boise State Broncos, and he was he was uh, sponsored by Nike. Like this guy was on the trajectory, you know. And, and he's at the back, and I'm just preaching my little sermon, he, and he starts shaking under the anointing of God. And and so Mark says to me afterwards, he said, "Do you mind if he comes to dinner? Because I really feel like God wants to do something in his life." I said, "Sure." So we're at dinner, and I'm trying to find an angle, like to talk to, there wasn't an angle, you know, there wasn't a, so we just had dinner, you know. And then we're parked in like a multi-level car park and we walked back to, we walked back to the car and I just started talking to the, guy, the guy's name's Chris. I said, so what do you think of all this? And he goes, and he said something interesting to me. He goes, if, I guess if God wants to fill me, he can, but I'll, you know, basically, but it's up to him. And it just came out of my mouth. I said, well, you know, the Bible says he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So there's actually got to be a bit of our own release of faith to say, God, I want you to do something. And, and so then, he, so then he, he sort of took that on, on board. And we keep walking and we're just chatting about the things of God. And we get to like level two of the car park. You know, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And, and, uh, and so I don't know if it was Mark or me or whoever was there, but we, we said to him, can we pray for you? And so he was like, sure. So bless you or test you. I don't know. It's, a, it's 2022. So he... <laughs> sorry, no, that was naughty. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, no, it was an accident. Uh, so he, he, so we start praying. We start putting it, putting our hands on him. So, Father, would you touch him, Lord? Would you fill him with your anointing, Lord? Let the power of God come upon him. And he starts to sort of fall back under the power. But like, as far as I'm concerned, that behaviour is only suitable for church, not the, not the multi-level car park, you know? And so we're trying to like, I'm trying to hold him up. And I thought if he gets injured, Nike will sue me. <laughs> so we're like trying to just 
keep him up. The next minute, he just hits the ground and off he's going. He's praying in tongues. He's getting the whole thing. But then a car starts driving around and there's like three of us standing over a body. <laughs> I've never... I've never seen a car get out of there so fast in all of my life. You know, the simple switch is to go from I'm open to actually say, God, I actually want your anointing. I'm asking you. If I, if I, if I walked up to Pastor Alex and I said, can, can I have $5? Uh, I, I, I would be showing two things. The first is I believe he had it. And the second, I believe that he's willing to give that to me. And it's interesting, we we all know God has it. We all know God's able. But when we ask, we actually lay hold of His willingness. When when it comes to prayer, prayer prayer is not appealing to God's reluctance and hoping He'll change His mind. It's laying a hold of the willingness of God and saying, Lord, I I believe You can, but I also believe You're able and You're willing. And and I just wonder this morning, I just want to pray for people for a fresh touch of heaven. Why don't we all stand right across the house? Let's lift our hands to God. Maybe if the worship team can come uh, can we sing that? The come now, spirit. When you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here. That's probably one of the best songs I've ever written, to be honest. That's, that's, one, of my, that's one of my best. That one and Shout to the Lord and, and Fear Not. They're my three best songs. I think I've covered every, every group and, and Maker of the Moon as well. I wrote one song that was so bad that, yeah, the guy I showed laughed, so I've never written another song. I know. I'm responding to the altar call myself. I just wonder, why don't we lift our hands? Just, just a couple of minutes. Let's just let his anointing just come and fill us. Father, a fresh touch of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we lift our hands? Just worship in the spirit. Just sing in the spirit. Worship in the Holy Ghost. Just touch heaven. Just let the anointing of God. Well, you know, you, you, I'll say this before you do that. It's an old pastor in Queensland. He, he said to me one day, he said, if I want something from God, I reach into the heavenly realm and I take it. Just like when I go to Woolworths, if I need wheat mix and they're on the top shelf, I reach out and I take it. And today there's people that need a miracle this morning. There's people that need an answer to prayer. I just want to encourage you to reach out your hands and take it this morning. Somebody say, today's my day. Say it again. Say, today's my day. Thank you for listening to the C3SYD podcast. To make sure you don't miss out on our next podcast, click subscribe. If you want to find out more about following Jesus, get connected, or find a C3SYD location near you, head to c3syd.church forward slash connect with us. Don't forget you can find us on YouTube and Instagram at c3.syd. We look forward to having you back soon.